Hey guys, it's Kim and I'm here with Adrian. And today on the podcast, we will be discussing choices you can make while you're single that will help you flourish in your single years and increase your odds for an enjoyable, lasting marriage later. It's kind of like you're loving your husband before you even have one. today is my good friend Trish Carruth and we are going to be talking about spiritual mentoring. I'm excited. Oh it's going to be good. So I want to welcome to the podcast Trish Carruth. Trish it's so nice to have you here with us. Thank you, Kim. It is so good to be here. I have you in the room, a friend of 30 some odd years and Adrian and my new friend, we've just met. So I'm excited to sit here with you girls. Oh, I am excited as well. I've heard a lot about you just through Kim. Kim speaks really highly of all the mentors and disciples in her own life. And so it's a real privilege to get to have you on the podcast today and just share some insights of what you've learned over the years. You know, I've really had some wonderful women who have stepped into my life and played the role of a mentor in my life. But Trish played a very key role during a very key time of my life. I was a single woman. I had just come off a breakup. My parents were going through some marital difficulties um, and some health issues. And I mean, it, and it just was a time in my life where Trish was just kind of a bright spot. And she would come alongside me and uh, really encourage me during that time of my life. So I'm so excited to share her with all of you um, because you'll have, you'll just be able to learn a lot. She just has so much wisdom and joy. And I think you're really going to enjoy this discussion. I am excited. Yay. Thanks, Kim. I appreciate that. I remember that time with such fond memories. And I think we're going to tell a little bit more about that story. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's fun. I would love for our listeners to hear more about it. Okay. I know in our ministry, anyway, we talk about discipleship a lot, you know, discipleship being a relationship where you're helping someone grow spiritually. But I know in this podcast, we want to talk about mentoring. And so I know, Trish, you have um, some differences you'd like to share between the two. And so I'd love for you to take over and just share a little bit more about why mentoring and how does that differ from discipleship? Well, it's really interesting when you, when you know, and love Jesus, the two can blend together. And so I would say the main difference is, is that in discipleship, oftentimes that's teacher driven. So one person is giving someone else assignments, like memorize these scriptures or learn this um, character quality or this discipline, spiritual discipline. But in mentoring, oftentimes it's um, a one-on-one type of friendship that develops where the mentee ends up saying, this is the area that I'm struggling in. Will you help me? And, and then you start there. And I think discipleship weaves into it sometimes, but with spiritual mentoring, it's a little more mentee driven. So the gal who is um, looking for help seeks someone maybe older or who has walked that journey and then they get to um, glean from their experience, both the good and the bad. It seems like all discipleship is a form of spiritual mentoring, but not all mentoring is discipleship. 
And so in our podcast today, I think we're going to use those a little bit interchangeably because they do kind of blend together. Um, but I, you know, our heart, um, because we work with a campus ministry, is really about discipleship. We want people to grow in the basics of the faith. And a lot of times we need an older person to kind of, or someone who's a few steps ahead of us to come inside of our lives and kind of get us started on that journey. But I have had multiple mentors in my life, and I'm just so incredibly grateful because I've learned different things from each one of them. Adrian, how about you? Have you had some mentoring in your life? I've had a lot of mentors um, over the years, and I've also gotten to mentor and disciple some young women, and it's just been a privilege to be a part of each of their own lives and helping them grow. And some of them come with a lot more, hey, I'm having this boy problem, you know, help me shake through this. Or they're like, hey, I'm really wrestling with this in the scriptures. And so it's been cool to really enter in their life at such a key time. Yeah. The coolest thing that I think about discipleship and mentoring is that life change happens in relationship. And we tend to isolate a lot of times, especially when we're hurting and we need relationships. We need people who have walked the journey before us I like to think of that life as a journey. And then you have a map, which is the word of God. And and it's not a list of do's and don'ts, but it's a love letter to who God wants you to be and to know how much he loves you and to be solid in that. But then um, that guide is your discipler or your mentor. And, And that's important part too. You've got to have those relationships, people coming and helping you so that you can get to the, where you want to be. Trish, I know you've shared with me before um, that you need both discipleship and mentoring. Can you add to that? I think throughout my life, I've had wonderful women pour into me. And sometimes those women have come through more of a discipleship relationship where I'm in a Bible study and I'm being challenged to grow. And other times it's been a mentor, someone who's walking alongside me, and they sometimes challenge me too. How, there was a gal in my life when I was struggling with my young kids. Her name was Jerry. And um, Jerry, Kim, you knew Jerry, I think, in Conway. Um, and it was so, it was so sweet because my mom had died. I was looking for help. I had two young kids. One was six. My, my oldest daughter was um, a highly spirited and strong-willed. Um, And I needed some help. I was kind of drowning. And Jerry came alongside me at that time. And what's cool, she came to help me um, grow as a mom and to teach. But she was also a discipler for me. We memorized scriptures together. And she made me memorize huge passages. And she did it with me so that when I made their beds, I could pray over them these wonderful passages of scripture Um, She was a servant. She modeled what Jesus is like to me. She came and she did my laundry so that I could leave the house and go shopping without a baby in my arms. Um, Funny story is one day she, we had a hill on our garage and I actually was pulling out so fast. I didn't want to waste one minute. And I slammed into her car. No, (laughs) but we, but she stayed my mentor. We took care of it. Um, and we went on, you know, for years, she was teaching me and her kids were a life stage ahead of me. And so it was really great to glean from her. And I'm so grateful for that time in my life, um, of discipleship, but also mentoring. She really let me in on her life. We went to studies. She defended me when other moms said, oh, you should try this, this, and this. And she'd say, 
Trish has tried those things. Her daughter is really extraordinary. (laughs) (laughs) And just having those, that kind of support, someone who I think a mentor gets to know you and they see you and accept you. And as a spiritual mentor, they love you like Jesus loves you. There's no condemnation when you make mistakes, but there's this gentle guiding to what about trying this? Or let's memorize this, you know, together. Let's study this, um, this characteristic. I, I really appreciate you sharing that because I think a lot of our listeners, you know, are single women, they're in the early stages of their life. And to hear you share about needing a mentor as a mom Um, I'm so glad you shared that because mentoring is something that we all need at all stages of our lives. You know, that we all, it's something that's not just for single women or young women, that we all need people a few steps ahead of where we are to kind of come alongside us and encourage us um, in our faith and in our character development and just with the different things that life throws at us. Kim, you know how you said that it's really important to have a mentor when you're single and you're going through that. I didn't even know what mentoring was, but I was really fortunate. I was involved in a ministry where we went on campuses for high schoolers and the leader on the staff, the female leader on staff was studying a book called Master Plan of Evangelism. And in that, it talks about how Jesus did ministry and how he picked one person extra special like Peter, and then three, Peter, James, and John, and then the 12, and then the others around them, and then even the the multitude at large. And Martha was challenged in leadership to choose a one, a three, and a 12. And she chose me as her one. And she began to disciple me. And I'll tell you, we had so much fun. She just brought me into her world. Um, We started going, she took me on, she took me on trips with kids and I got to see her interact. I got to see how she loved on them. I learned from her and what her daily routines were like. Um, I got to share with her my struggles and she just poured into me. And that was my first experience mentoring. And it was so great that after that, I knew I always wanted to have a mentor and I wanted to become and do what she did. Just like she followed Jesus and followed his pattern, I wanted to follow that. And so I really have gotten to do that. I've had tremendous women pour into me and they've, I've gotten to be their one or their three And then I've had been able to turn and love women and they've been my one or my three or my group, you know, it's just such a beautiful thing and God moves in and through it to mold and shape our lives so that we're, we're fully known by him and feel fully loved, you know. A verse that comes to my mind right now is that Romans where it says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I think a mentor does that. It, she helps you understand that even though we're so flawed, we're so imperfect, he loves us. Well, I know I get this question a lot from college age women, even just young adults, but they ask, you know, how do I find a mentor? And so I would love to hear from you guys. What advice do you have for someone who's looking for a mentor? Trish, we ought to share how we met each other. How did you become my mentor? I can't even remember. You just have always seemed like you've been in my life. Well, we had a mutual friend, but we didn't know we had that mutual friend. 
Um, her name was Michelle, and you knew her when you were a college student, I think, or just out of college. And I knew her um, because we had babies together um, and we had become really good friends. And you were moving to our area just as she was leaving our area. And she told me, you need to meet Kim. And I think she told you that you needed to meet me. And then we met, and I think you were probably the one to initiate, hey, let's continue to get together. Let's meet. Will you mentor me? I That fits with you, Kim, and your style. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I, you know, sometimes it can be really lonely as a single woman, and I just was so grateful to have someone um, who kind of got what I was doing and who I was, and, uh, and so it just seemed really natural for us to kind of meet together. And so we had a lot of fun. Okay, so back to how does one find a mentor? I guess, you know, you had asked her because of a mutual friend, how would you advise someone to, you know, approach finding a mentor? Is that they're going to someone in their church or, yeah, where are they looking for a mentor? How do they find one? So I, I think it is important to start in your church or within your circle of, because we're talking about spiritual mentors. So within your sphere, if you have leaders in a ministry that you're looking at and you want to go beyond just the discipleship experience and you want them to mentor, the question is, who do you want to become? What characteristics do you want in your life? And then start observing women and going, do I want what that person has? Do I want what that person has? And then you have to get muster up some courage and you have to go up and say, hey, would you like to have coffee? I'd love to get to know you better. And I think you start there. You don't say, I want you to mentor me because you don't know them yet. And see if you hit it off. If you have a coffee date here and it goes great, then say, let's get coffee again in a couple of weeks. And if it goes well, then, then you say, hey, I love spending time with you. You have so much to offer. I want to be like you in this way. Would you mentor me for, say, two months? Would you meet with me every week? Um, and maybe discuss what that might look like because mentoring relationships all look different. Um, but starting by looking, um, I, I wanted a mentor when I had these young kids. I shared Jerry was my mentor, but Jerry wasn't the first person I asked. I looked at the group of women in my church and there was this one lady named Nancy Bingham. And I went to her Bible study. I watched her. She had five kids, which she was raising. They were all so cool, I thought. And I, I loved how she parented as I watched her. And so I went, Nancy, you know, we knew each other. You've been leading my Bible study. Would you meet with me regularly? And she said, no. <laughs> no, you got <laughs> shut down. <laughs> I shut down, rejected. Um, but she said she was just too busy at that time and that her kids were really demanding and, you know, took some time to do it. And she just did not have the time. Now that I've raised kids, I am so appreciative. And that even was a mentoring moment in my life because I've had to say no sometimes. Um, but it led me to look around some more and I saw Jerry and I'll tell you, Jerry was such a godsend and such a blessing in my life. Uh, I can't even tell you, we read books together. Uh, I've already mentioned we, we memorized scriptures, but we also played together. Um, it was just fun. And Kim, you and I did that too. Uh, you invited me to your stuff and I invited you to my stuff. 
Okay, Adrian. Okay, we have been meeting together for a few years, I think, at this point. But she invited me to the birth of her daughter. Like in the room birth? <laughs> in the room. <laughs> wow, that's another level of mentoring that's right there. That's another level. But I didn't get to go because I think I was out of state or something. But anyway, but yeah, but Trish was definitely, she believed in being a part of it all. <laughs> That, that probably came from the fact that I had lost my mom and we had grown so close with the experiences you were experiencing with your mom. But then later, Kim reciprocated and that daughter who was born ended up being a flower girl in her in her wedding. So yeah, it, it comes full circle. It's about doing life together because that's where the life change happens is we're life on life. You know, Trish, you've mentioned this a few times, but when, you know, you're approaching to find a mentor, you had mentioned the examples. Would you want to meet with me for two months? How long um, should you meet with a mentor? Is that, you know, pretty standard or, you know, what should that look like when you're asking someone? I think if you've already met with them a couple of times and you've started to get to know them and you feel that there's a little bit of chemistry and you'd like to, there is a time where you look at each other's schedules and you say, is this weekly or every other week? Um, consistency, I think is important, but um, it really varies. But I would say you'd want to meet at least four to six times and then see what happens and reevaluate. It's nice to give someone an out in case it doesn't work. It may not work for you or it may not work for them. And you give them both the out and then you can go, great, it's over. And there's an easy way to step away. But you'll find that if it's a good fit, you'll be like, you want to keep going? Yes, yes. Because the crazy thing is, it's not just the mentee that gets a lot out of the relationship. The mentor is equally challenged by and shaped by the mentee. Um, especially when you do this life stage ahead, intergenerational ministry is so beautiful because as I mentor young women, young women, there's a young woman coming over to my house this evening. As I mentor her, she brings such a viv and a newness to life that that excites me again. It reminds me, I tell stories about how my husband and I met and I am reminded of that young love again. And so it's, it's so precious the way mentoring works to where it's so mutually shaping for the mentee and the mentor. And so I love, I love these relationships. I encourage the women listening today, begin to look and see who it is. We've already talked about this, who it is that you admire and say, I want to get to know you. She'll be blessed and you'll be blessed and you'll get over that little awkward thing. And one day you'll be on a talk show talking about it and laughing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. So Trish, you've obviously known Kim a long time, much longer than I've known Kim. So what was she like when she was in her twenties? Oh no. Was she just as wise as she is now? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> she was, no, I know she's much wiser now just because life shapes us, but um, she was extremely organized and very systematic in her approach to loving Jesus. And she came into my chaotic world. I had, I had grown up similarly in a very structured way of discipleship. And I was at the point where I was learning how to let go of structure because my kids wouldn't allow me. So if you're, if you are in college and you're used to having this regular, nice, long, a quiet time with Jesus. And you walk into my life at that time, you would have seen me having my 
devotion with all this chaos around me, my kids watching Sesame Street and fighting or coming, you know, that, that changes. And what I, what I came to learn in my own life was that um, we press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward calling Christ Jesus. And we have to sometimes forget what lies behind and reach forward to what lies ahead. Well, Kim, Kim was in this place when I met her so beautifully structured and organized, but her emotions were, I think, in a turmoil. And so we were able to, to take that and just, I think, um, by just talking through and listening, we did some studies, um, but we were able to bring maybe some order or clarity that, of how to deal with those things. Um, she was such a beautiful woman. Well, Trish, thank you so much. I think one thing that really helped, and this is one of the things that I talk about in the book and and emphasize with with young women when I have the opportunity, is that I think it's so important for us um, to grow in contentment by getting to know people in other seasons of life. And so I think for me, you know, during a season of a broken heart and feeling discontent to go into your world and realize that you know, marriage isn't everything, that there's still challenges um, being married and there's challenges with children. And I would leave our time together sometimes and I would go, whew, I'm kind of glad I'm single. <laughs> but I think you left our times together sometimes going, whew, I'm really glad I'm married. And I think it just, it helps us appreciate just where God has us um, when we can have these realistic, honest relationships and to see what that life is just kind of hard for everybody and God's good, you know, all the time. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think, um, oftentimes people think that either when they become a Christian, all their problems are going to go away or when they become married, all their problems are going to go away. And pain is actually our, our human experience and, and suffering and those things come along. And so, again, it's a journey. And so having someone who's gone before, you can say, I've made this mistake. I turned down this road. Maybe don't go that way. Maybe try this road instead. Or when your paths diverge, you could go this way or this way. Let's talk through what that might look like. Um, it's just such a beautiful thing to have someone in the journey with you. We say in the puddle, not trying to pull you out of the puddle, but just in it. And you were in my puddle and I was in your puddle. Yep. We were in each other's puddles for sure. That's so fun. So Trish, when do you know when you're ready to mentor someone else? Like, is it just all of a sudden you're like, okay, I feel ready. I feel wise enough to mentor someone or is there, yeah, a certain signal to when you are ready to begin that with somebody else? You know, Kim, you might want to pipe in on this too, but I don't know that there's a signal or anything. Some people think that they have to be perfect in order to be a mentor. And I completely disagree. I think it's just being a little bit of a life stage ahead of someone and you're journeying, you need to have a consistent, faithful walk with the Lord. If you're going to spiritually mentor someone coming behind you, but it can, your life can be messy. Your life, um, you don't have to have your act all together. In fact, I know in my life, I've learned more from some of my mistakes that I've made and things that I wished I would never, or I've told myself, I'll never do that again those have been more shaping sometimes. And so it's okay if you're not perfect. In fact, I think you need to bring those imperfections and insecurities and show that you still need Jesus. And so I would say 
you're ready as soon as you have Jesus in your life and you're moving forward to, toward him. And then you look back and you say, come with me, follow me as I follow Jesus. You know, a couple great um, verses that talk about that are, it says, um, comfort others with the same comfort that God has comforted you. So if you've gone through a difficult time, turn and look for someone else who's struggling. It doesn't even have to be in the same area. But you can say, follow me as I follow Jesus. You know, it's just, it's beautiful. So um, you're not looking for perfection. You're looking for just someone who's following. I think, I think too, it's just, you know, when I remember when I first started taking steps to kind of influence other people and their spiritual journeys, it's just, it's nice to like, just try to see yourself as an encourager to anybody who's kind of growing spiritually or wanting to grow spiritually, inviting them to church, inviting them to different events, maybe at your campus ministry or your church, or, um, you know, it's asking the question, Hey, do you ever read your Bible? And, um, you know, would you like to see, you know, how I read my Bible and, you know, just kind of like sowing seeds of just spiritual growth around you and just see who responds um, but I think it's healthy for a, a young woman um, to just start doing that from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And and I think, Kim, you triggered a thought in my mind. It's something that I did was I kept a notebook. And when I learned something that really was meaningful to me, I put it in that notebook. And that notebook is now pretty thick. Um, but when someone asks me if I'll mentor them or we begin with coffee dates and then it begins to grow. As they share, I go to that notebook when they touch on something that they want help with. And we walk through those things that are in that notebook. And it's great. It has the gospel in it. How, how do you know Jesus? It has um, how to love your mate in it, actually. So it has all these different things that have just been meaningful to me. So So if you're thinking you want to go down this road, gather up those things that have meant a lot to you and put them in a notebook so that you can have material that you can share from. That's so good. That's a practical tip, I think, is a good takeaway. I love that idea. I have another question for probably both of you. Um, What if you are, you know, thinking about mentoring someone that's your own age, so maybe more of like a peer-to-peer mentor relationship, is that okay? Or is it better to find someone else that's like older? I don't know. Well, I think, I think it's a both and I think there's great wisdom in having someone who's a life stage ahead of you. There's just something about that because you're about to walk into that. Again, it's that idea of the journey and the math, and they've been ahead of you in the journey so they can give you wisdom looking back. But it's time, there are times when you're walking with someone and it's like you're on the journey together, but maybe you have experiences that they don't have, and but they're starting to experience it. Then peer-to-peer, you can step in and encourage that peer person um, in the Lord. You can say, well, I've struggled with that too, and here's what I'm doing. And in that way, you are mentoring and discipling. So it's a both and, but definitely don't go, oh, I have a peer mentor, so I don't need that that intergenerational mentor. I think it's best when you can both have someone who's going ahead of you, and then you're bringing up someone who's behind you. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I think I would agree. I would agree. Um, well, you know, Trish, we're in a day of 
digital, you know. Um, let's talk a little bit about like long distance mentoring or discipleship, you know, how to do that effectively, you know, I mean, how, I mean, you and, I mean, we still stay in touch, um, not as often as we did, you know, during those days where we met each week, but whenever we talk, it's kind of like we pick up right where we left off, um, which is so wonderfully refreshing. But what about, um, those types of relationships that are only limited to, to the digital? Well, I, I think it's a great question. And, you know, probably two years ago, I might've answered it slightly differently than I would today. Um, but I'm long distance from all my children and including my grandson, who's only two and a half. But over social media, I have gotten to know him. Um, we had, when he was a baby and just started eating, I would eat blueberries with him. And so every time he'd sit down to eat in his high chair, I'd have my blueberries and we'd have breakfast together. And we've done that for years and we've now we FaceTime and I have relationship with him and I get to see him. It takes a lot of work and a lot of commitment. And of course, as a grandma, I'm very committed to doing time with him. But I think it can work occasionally long distance, especially if you've started with a mentor in person, and then something takes you where you have to move away, or they're in a foreign country, maybe, and then Zoom or WhatsApp or whatever media you're using, um, you can stay in touch. Um, but I think the depth of that friendship um, is going to go as deep kind of as you've, as you've made it before you were separated, and then you'll deepen it from there. But I think to start it online, it would be more difficult. Um, I do lead some Bible studies online and we've grown together as a group, but there's something about walking alongside someone. And with most of my mentees, there's been times where I've just sat and held them as they cried or we cried together. Um, sometimes over social media, especially if you're texting, you can lose emotion or misread emotion. Um, and so that's, I would say, be careful with it. Don't be dependent on it. And I would encourage that life on life. Um, I don't, I'm flexible. Adrian, you have, you want to add to that? Well, I kind of just wanted to interject and say, you know, we're here talking about a podcast about like finding a mentor and all of this. And, you know, we've had people reach out and they're like, Kim, Adrian, thanks for pouring into me each week. And I love that. It's like so sweet, but like, really like my heart is that they would find someone in person that could be reinforcing a lot of the same things that they're saying, or maybe they're listening to the podcast together and they're like, Hey, let me like help you grow in these things. Like that's what I'm like longing for is that they have a physical, tangible relationship with someone in person. Yes. I totally agree. Trish. The first thing I did when you asked me, Kim, to do this podcast on mentoring was I listed all my mentors. And it's so funny because, and then I, I had weeks to think about it and pray about it. But one of the people I listed was Ann Ortland, who is an author that I loved and who shaped a lot of my discipleship in my early years. And I listed her as a mentor. But as I went on and I was praying about this talk, I thought, and I did meet her a few times, which was great in person. And I wrote her letters too, but I realized even though she was a mentor, she was not really my mentor. And so you have to have, I think, that closeness of that one-on-one, -on -one. like Martha, 
she took me under her wing. So I had this beautiful example of what it looks like. She just involved me in her life. And that's, that's what mentoring is. And you have to have that life on life experience. Again, I'll say it again, life change happens in relationship. That's why Jesus, God came to earth to live among men and to, to influence the one, the three, the 12. We have to have life on life. Um, so go to your churches, ladies, if you're listening today and, and look for women and then ask them, will you have coffee with me and see if you click and don't give up. Keep trying. So well said, Trish. Man, there's so many things I wish we could talk about again. And I we've already brainstormed. I want to have Trish back on another episode. But um, Trish, is there anything else? that, you know, before we close that you just really would love to share that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet? Well, I wanted to share. So I had the privilege of writing a mentoring um, program for a recovery ministry. Um, And uh, so it was so exciting when we finally launched that. And I want to say, just to affirm, tell you kind of a miracle story around this idea of mentoring. And I've seen many But this one happened right at the beginning of this mentoring ministry that we formed. Um, There was a young gal in recovery. She had been um, a drug addict. She'd been raised by a mom who was an addict. Um, And so she was in recovery. And the day before she met with her mentor for the first time, she was asked the question in one of her classes, when was a time when you were happy? And Jess shared, she said, when I was a little girl, I was about five years old. I remember my mom used to use drugs and our house was always in chaos. But when this woman would come and meet with my mom, there was this peacefulness that would come over our house and she would play with me. And then my mom would play with me. And for a couple of days, things would be wonderful and things would slowly get out. But then this woman would come back. And so I remember being happy in that time when this woman was mentoring my mom. And so, you know, she was really excited about having a mentor of her own. So the next day she met Nancy, her mentor, and they went back in this little special room that we had set up so they could just meet and talk and see if they hit it off. And they were in there for about 15 minutes. We're all like, oh, I hope this goes well. And they came out, both of them, with tears running down their face. And Jess said, you remember I told you? that I was happy when a woman was mentoring my mom. Nancy was my mom's mentor and now she's mine. And I just thought, how awesome is that? That God sees you, he knows you and he can make these kinds of miracles happen. This woman now had great insight into Jess's life and and how she would do, because she knew her mom, she knew what the struggles had been. And how cool, isn't that neat? How just God loves this idea of mentoring. I mean, as we take steps of faith to help someone else, we just never know how God's going to use that in someone's life. So Trish, thank you so much. We have covered so many wonderful things. We've talked about, you know, what spiritual mentoring is and about discipleship and how, you know, they're different, but kind of the same But also we talked about how to find a mentor. I appreciate you sharing about just asking a woman and getting rejected because I think that's a reality. (laughs) 
sometimes. And we've talked about things that we did, like when we um, met together and uh, we've just answered a few other questions. And so I hope this has really been helpful to our listeners. I, um, you know, I wish I would have heard a talk like this back in the day, um, but I'm just really thankful. Thank you for um, spending time with me, Trish, during such a key time. Um, we hope that you will um, begin to pray. If you don't have a mentor, we encourage you to begin praying that God would bring someone in your life to really encourage you and cheer you on in your faith. And we also pray that you will be praying about the day that you will be able to do that for someone else. Because like you said, Trish, it's wonderful to have someone in your life spurring you on, but then you're also turning around and helping someone else. And I think that's the beauty that God has set up. Trish, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Oh gosh, Kim, thank you. What a delight and a joy just to meet Adrian and to, to visit with you again. Um, thank you, Kim, for the impact that you've had on my life and so many lives around us. Well, I'm honored. I'm just passing along the things that you taught me. <laughs> so will you come back again? Yes, I would love to come back again. And I wanted to say, you just said, I can pass on the things. It made me think right here at the end, the verse that says, the things that you've heard from me, these turn and teach others who will be faithful also. So thank you for teaching me as well and, and for continuing to teach women. Um, gosh, we need each other. It, this life was meant to be lived in communities. So thank you, Kim. Thank you, Adrian. Love you guys. Yeah, Adrian, thank you so much for doing this with me. And to Kim and Logan behind the scenes, thank you for making this podcast happen. We couldn't do it without you. And so to our listeners, thank you for taking time out. I hope you've been encouraged. And I hope you'll begin to start praying and asking for a mentor. And we have a lot more to talk about. So we hope you'll join us again next week.